What up, guys? Uh, I'm Nikhil. And I'm Francisco. And welcome back to another episode of Anime Hub. Now, before we start, we'd just like to announce that we have a subreddit as well as we started posting more on Apple or iTunes. So if you have any connections there, you have people that actively use iTunes or iTunes podcasts, be sure to let them know. We have a subreddit as well. It should be anime underscore hub. Uh, be sure to check us out on Reddit. If you have any questions, feedback, comments, concerns, uh, feel free to post on there. We'd love to get some input from you guys. And without further ado, let's get started. So today's episode is going to be on Land of the Lustrous by, by Studio Orange. Uh, Studio Orange is one of my favorite studios because I love Beastars. I love Land. I think Land for me is my top three favorite anime. So Land hits pretty close to home. And I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, came out of what, 2017, fall, around there? I haven't Wasn't s- it like fall, winter? Like October, right? October, November? Yeah, that's that's that's, that's considered Doesn't matter, yeah, but yeah. yeah. It's been a while. So, it was like a what, almost two years since I haven't seen it? You saw it like a month ago? A I saw months. it at the beginning, the mid-December. Yeah. So, I saw it December 15th or so, and then uh, I wanted, I was sad after the first season that they didn't continue it, so I read a little ahead, not going to lie. But I'm excited to see where they go with it. Um, I have a lot of things I want to talk about the first season, though. There's a lot to unpack there for sure. Yeah, it was really, it was a really good season. Out of that one, it's like Made in Abyss, Land of the Lustrous, my favorite ones for 2017. Land of the Lustrous was really different. I mean, obviously, you have the whole CGI, 3D mix with 2D animation deal going. And like, they're like one of the only folks that have actually done that justice. So that's a, that's really fun. It's really pretty. I'm I'm rewatching it right now. Um, I left. I came here. I left up at the last. I need one more episode. Episode twelve, and after that, I'll be done. I'm caught up. So I kind of know where the anime leaves off. So that's good because I I've also read ahead. I've read the manga. Obviously, I feel that the anime does a whole lot better. The um, the manga, isn't isn't all too clean. Uh, the, the 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 artwork isn't. The artwork is not good, but. <laughs> yeah. It I just, think I think that's what makes Land of Lustrous different because I feel like the story is what drives the. Oh yeah, it carries it hard. Drives it a lot. I I don't know. I think Studio Orange though did did it justice. The 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 storytelling, the design, and the what's it called CGI. It's not even CGI. It's like three D animation. The animation, yeah, the animation is beautiful. I think the animation's like, oh, I love the animation so much. It's really, it really like accentuates. Who they are, cause they're rocks, right? They're not like yeah, they're people. minerals, they're gems. And like it kind of like it really brings to light their gem features, which I think is really cool. It makes them feel other otherworldly, you know? Like they're not. I mean, they're not they're not people. They're so not yeah. people, so they don't they don't mix with anything that's living. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, in Land of the Lustrous, the CGI and the animation is beautiful, but I think what drives it a lot is the story. And something that I wanted to start off with, and it's a li- it's a few questions, but it kind of goes back to this concept. So for those who are not familiar, I wanted to talk about Theseus's ship. Now that Theseus's ship is a paradox where when you remove, so in the- on Theseus's ship, they removed a board of a plank of wood. And every time they did that, the question became, and they would replace it with something else. Now the question became, Every time you remove something and you replace it, is it still the same ship or is it different? And the Theseus' ship is a big paradox throughout the entire show because we see that with Foss. 
and how she replaces a lot of her body and herself. But then the question remains, is she still the same person? And Thesis Ship is a very, very important paradox throughout the entire show. And it's still a question that I think we have yet to really get answered because, again, it's a very philosophical show. There's a lot of moving parts, and we haven't even gotten to the next season yet. So there's a lot more to explore. But I thought it was a very interesting conundrum that Foss was a perfect representation of this, where she thought she was weak for most of it, and she was. And in order to get stronger, in order to get better, in order to protect the people she or the being she cared about, she had to remove a lot of her self in order to become someone new. But the real question remains, is she still the same person or is she someone totally different? Is she Foss or is she like not Foss anymore? Which is really weird to say, but... Yeah, Foss is like an amazing character. She carries it. The voice actress actually carries the show for the first three episodes because the first three episodes are massive info dumps into everything that we like, we attempt to find out. I think it's the... It was episode four there we learn about the, the splinters, that what they are, because there's like three main groups of species, of sentience. By the way, all those three main groups represent the human. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, they're splinters of humanity. Yeah, one's uh, the gems or bones, mm-hmm. the admirabilis, I think is that how you say it, are the flesh, and the lunarans are the soul or the mind. Uh, that's my That was my perception of it when I watched the show. They've also, they, yeah, they definitely said that too. I remember for sure. I think the person who said it was the king for the uh, the, the sea people, you know? The queen. The queen. But then again, like, again, they're not really... One of the coolest things I think about Land of Lustrous is there's no gender, right? So I have actually... Uh, when I was doing research for the show, I saw a few different takes on it where they a lot of people said, oh, no, Foss is a young boy. He's not a young girl. But then some people said... Foss is a young girl, not a young boy. I thought that was really interesting because these gems have no solid gender. So there's nothing to really play off of, if that makes sense. So even though there are scenes, obviously, where it may look weird to us, in reality, there's really nothing weird about that. They're just rocks, yeah, they which are. I think is really cool. They're like ge- almost gender fluid, if you want to say that. There's no gen- There's no gender to assimilate them with. It's really cool. It's very androgynous. It's more androgynous within the manga. And like for obvious reasons in anime, they were like more feminine because, you know, that sells. So that's why they made the change. That's why I, whenever I see Foss, I, I have a difficult time not addressing Foss as a, as a she. But within the show, um, every single character makes a good point of saying them or they. Yeah, they the never say she or he. No. And they say Aniki, though. But that's like... That's different. I think that's like a pet, uh, pet term. Um, I don't think it's meant to be taken literally. But... I thought that was a really cool concept that Lana Lustrous did really, really well. Yeah, for sure. That I think a lot of anime or a lot of forms of media kind of struggle to do. So I I personally love that part. I think that they really knocked it apart, out of the park with that. And it kind, of, it kind of brings it back to the point of like that they're not human, right? They're just bones. They're... Or they're gems, but they're a representation of human bones. They're not... They're They're a part of a greater whole. And again, you could actually relate this back to Thesisship as well, where you remove the three, and are they really one? Are they like really like are they supposed to be one? 
I mean, I know I read a bit, like, into the manga, but I'm going to try, like, avoid saying anything to do with it for obvious reasons. Yeah, let's just stick with, like, what we have now. Yeah, what, like, what we have in the anime, which is pretty good. But, yeah, it's really cool that, like, the king or the adamantium, when, like, when they were speculating, and I, actually, I really love how the minerals, this is a really smart intentional design by the author that makes it that the gemstones or like Foss and her people whenever they rem- they lose a piece of themselves they lose some memories once again i think it goes back to this is a ship right yeah that's this like whole, that's the biggest part this whole concept focuses on that part like after you keep removing it you keep removing it at what point will it become someone totally different narratively i thought it was really cool because because Foss has been Foss is the youngest, and it's something that you pointed out that it was a coming of age story, which I didn't I didn't get at first because like they said three hundred years old, and I just didn't realize she's still the youngest because oh, yeah. they're effectively immortal. But yeah. three hundred years is a pretty long time. But um, deal with Foss was something really cool is that whenever she lost a big piece of herself, and there was a slight info dump, they the other character said, "Oh, you can just go to this location," and then Foss responds with, "What is that, right?" Which was a surrogate for the viewers, the viewers themselves, or us that we didn't actually know. So they had to go and explain it. Yeah, Fa- Foss was like the viewer. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, like in a sense. the author. Whenever the author took the opportunity to build into this memory thing into their biology, and that whenever when the author decided to give take away something from Foss and then eventually replace it with some some other mineral, that was a good opportunity for her to explore. Which I think is interesting. Because you bring up the point of, like, every time they remove themselves, they lost a piece of their memory, yeah. right? But then every time Foss gained something new, she also gained a new identity, new memories, new something new about that. With the, with the gold, with the legs, the new legs. Every time that happened, she kind of gained, she became someone different. And so, again, like, that the thesis is ship paradox plays very heavily with Lana Lustrous because... The whole paradox is at what point will she become a totally different person? And, but Foss and the entirety of Land of Lustrous chase this sense of enlightenment. I think we talked about this fairly recently. But in Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, those are two very big concepts of this. But there's a cycle, uh, a cycle of rebirth in Hinduism, for example. you don't ne- there's no necessarily there's no hell quote unquote but there is uh rebirth is considered hell in hinduism and you're essentially living in hell and to attain enlightenment you have to like you have to attain uh, a certain level of intellect knowledge or you have to be able to like kind of like look into yourself and see a greater being and in buddhism i think it's a very similar concept where you have to like look into yourself to achieve enlightenment, to achieve, to realize that humanity is just humanity, and what you want is something greater than that. And Foss is like the perfect embodiment of that. And her losing pieces of herself and then changing herself constantly—it's like she's chasing that form of enlightenment that she's looking for. Do you think whenever she's losing a piece and getting a piece, like that's her reincarnation? Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because she's not. She's like re re getting reborn each time she does that she yeah. becomes a different person because she time. loses her memories too so that like fa- fa- that goes into the fact that like in reincarnation you don't remember your past self very well exactly and yeah. the fact that she's like actually losing memory she doesn't remember who she yeah was exactly so that's really well fit yeah yeah i really love that we can actually see this in an animation because like like we live in the west so for most most of us just like christian stuff 
which can get pretty cool sometimes. And I mean, like, who doesn't like watching the devil and like the big, big G? I like the whole Buddhism stuff for once to actually be seen in an animation. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think Eastern Eastern philosophies and Eastern religions are definitely, you don't, we don't get as much in the West Coast or the West in general. And um, I'm culturally from the East mm-hmm. and my heritage is from the East. So seeing seeing it like live almost or seeing it in like an anime to me was incredible because it was like seeing a part of my culture animated in a way that people could actually kind of understand. Do you think they did a good job? Incredible. I think they did a pretty good job. It's really, again, the whole concept of reincarnation is very, very hard to explain morally, I think, because like a lot of people don't really get it. And if they don't, you don't. If you do, you do. It's a very like hit or miss thing. There's no in the middle for reincarnation, in my opinion, honestly. And I think in Land of the Lustrous, they did it really well because they also tied in thesis paradox. They tied in uh, the question of enlightenment and mortality. They brought all of that in and they kind of showed how Foss was being reborn every time she gained a new element and she was never really the same person. And it was super subtle too. It was very small things like when she got the gold, when she got the new legs, every time that happened, she just became someone different. Yeah, it was like in the first in the first episode. I'm sure it was Diamond or it was, I think, one of the characters, their name is Diamond. I think it was her that said this. It's like us gem creatures, we're not, we can't change for obvious facts that they're like one min- mineral and they can't change as a person. But Foss is the only person within the show that has shown the capability of changing both like externally and then internally. So Which is really important. Out of everyone, I know I've mentioned this, but I feel like out of every single character in roster that they have, Foss is the only one capable of achieving enlightenment. Yeah, because everyone's stuck in their own, in their yeah current ways but foss wants to do more and without i don't want to spoil what's to happen after the first season and i don't want to say what's going to happen but it's proven later that she really is the only one uh, i think i'll leave it at that for the quote-unquote spoilers i don't want to i don't want to say anything it's hard but there's a certain event that really like made me understand why foss really was the only one but when season two comes out, we'll talk about it anyway, so it's okay. Yeah, there hasn't been any announcement yet, but maybe, you know, it's gonna it's gonna come out. Season two, my illustrious is amazing. But yeah, so, and Foss is a really really unique character, I think, because she's really weak, and she knows it, yeah. and her powers never bring her satisfaction, and even when she gained new powers, new powers she never found satisfaction. So, like, Foss both changes and never changes if you think about it, right? Because even though that she got all these new cool new powers with the gold, with the new legs, and she became more powerful, she was never content. She wanted more, she wanted more, she wanted more. And even though she's changing as a person completely each time she gains something new, she fundamentally never changes because she's cha- she's always chasing something. And towards the end of the anime, I think we see that she's, like, trying to chase that enlightenment that we're talking about. Um, or the concept of enlightenment. Like, why? what is the purpose of my existence? And that is the overarching question in all of Land of the Lustrous that Foss really is chasing. And I think that has shown really, really well. Foss was wow. chasing, like, trying to be part of the community, right? At first, because she felt like she was... Again, yeah, she's always trying to chase something. There's, uh, There's always a 
goal in mind, but like the overarching goal is she's trying to chase enlightenment. She's trying to like chase that. She doesn't even know what she doesn't. That's the thing. But like in the throughout the show, we see that she's like she's trying to chase. She's always trying to chase something greater than herself. And once she's become stronger than everyone. What's next? And then I think towards the end, they touch up on that where she go. I I, I remember the scene pretty clearly. Um, I think it was the last episode where you see like the dark portal and she goes to the end she's like what's beyond that yeah and now, oh, okay. now see now she's like she's like i f- she feels like she's attained a certain level of like powerfulness or whatnot but now she wants more now she wants to be able to like figure out okay what is the purpose of my what is, why do i live why am i being hunted like this by the lunarians uh, yeah lunarians i think it was at the 12 episode where she decided on Unlike everyone else of her like, cohorts and all of her gem comrades, they decided to accept um, their sensei, which was Adamantian. The, you know, the guy, he, he looks like the Buddha, right? Is that is that the aesthetic that he the Yeah, to yeah he does. Okay, cool. um, he was created with the purpose of uh, kind of taming them or like keeping the gems in control. Um, but he didn't do that. No. <laughs> yeah. I think you might be. That's. I think that's what, um, what's her name? Foss came up to the conclusion. To at the end of it. That was my okay. That that was honestly my perception oh, when I watched the show. Okay, cool. okay, then yeah, Adamantium is one of the coolest things for Adamantium within the manga itself. One of the first panels was him that he's almost about to pray. I mean, yeah, like the first time I saw him, I thought he was like, uh, Buddha. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of similarities between the two. I think it was in episode three or two when he was dreaming and he was, he was surrounded by Lunarians and he was like. In the in a position of praying, mm. and then he wakes up and he says that was reckless because he's about to actually pray, which is a huge. The fact that that's like the first panel in the manga. Is exceptionally foreshadowing to what his role is, to the Lunarians and to everyone else. Okay. It's very similar to like when Hunter Hunter back when like the first chapter was going meeting Kite. Yeah. And then you never see him up until like an eventful <laughs> event. Well, now, yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, so it's like it's great that these authors can like give these tiny amounts of foreshadowing. Like they write it in there, and then they obviously have an idea of where they're going with their story, which is always good to know. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really well done, especially in Land, where they really kind of foresh. There's a lot of foreshadowing in Land. There's a lot, and there's a lot, obviously, to the viewers' inference of how they want to take it. And I think that makes Land a much more interesting show than I don't know a lot of modern TV at least right now I think there's just so much there and there's so much different interpretations of it my interpretation was like I saw like my culture in that show so to me that like stood out a lot the concept of like rebirth reincarnation and like attaining enlightenment that those are those are huge uh concepts I saw throughout the show and I thought that were really cool that a lot of other shows just don't really or can't really replicate that that well and it's things like that that make land less so i have a question what's up does the number 108 have anything to do and does that like ring a bell 108 not that i know of because i know because i remember in episode 10 remember when that big dog yeah and the big dog came from the moon yeah they had 108 small dogs yeah they were really cute i thought maybe the number might be symbolic or something but i i mean i couldn't think of Obviously, I didn't know. Anything, so I was gonna ask. You. Actually, I'll ask my mom about it because she definitely Your would know. Your mom might know. 
My, she would definitely know more than I would. Okay, maybe it just uh, means nothing. I, I'm pretty sure it means something. I'm just, I'm curious about what it is now. So I'll ask her and okay, cool. I'll find out. But yeah. I think, I definitely think it's symbolic of something at the very least. I do know that in Hinduism, um, whatever you do, you're not supposed to, the number you, the number that you would give or do or an action you would take that involves a number, AKA like how much money you would give, it can never be a whole number. It has to be an off number. So it can be like 101 to like 109, but it can never be 110 or 100. So it can never be an even, like a, oh, it can never and a be number an ending with zero. Oh, a number just ending, ending with, zero. with zero. Okay. But it could still be an even number. Like it could still be 44. Yeah. I don't, I don't just, know how that would play off. Okay. So of? there's just a number with like, if anything ends with a zero, that's like, let's not do that. Yeah, it's really, it's a really interesting concept. I asked my mom about it once, and she didn't really give me, a like, a concrete answer. It's so it's something I'll look more into for the future, but it's definitely something to keep in mind. And I think that's maybe what the, uh, what Studio Orange was going for here. Uh, I'm not sure, though. This is something I definitely want to that's inquire really about. That's really interesting that, like, that's something that out. was probably given to your mom by her parents. And Most likely, just yeah. never ask, and it's like something that just people keep doing. Yeah, but they just forgot the reason for doing it. Oh yeah, no, which for is sure. which I feel could also go into some of the things that Foss does. Yeah, like I know for sure Cinnabar, she forgot who Cinnabar was, but she just knew she had to do something. Which is so sad. I love Cinnabar, Cinnabar so much. Is a really I loved good her character. character. She is the definition of someone who is fighting, not just to live, but finding out her purpose. I remember you said that no one in Land of the Lustrous could achieve enlightenment Cinnabar. right Cinnabar is the inciting incident within the story I think Cinnabar is the only exception to that fact okay, so I think Cinnabar is... can because Cinnabar throughout the show and I remember in the first episode when we met Cinnabar I got goosebumps because she was like the first time we met her I remember their conversation It Cinnabar was like I don't know why I'm living I shouldn't be alive and then that, that hit a chord for me personally and it really made me think because that's that's not only extremely introspective, but it also hits on the fact that she knows to an extent of who she is. She knows her place in this world. And she did chase at some point something that she wanted, but she couldn't get it. And more than that, it's just her like kind of trying to figure out why am I here? And throughout the show, we kind of see that. And as Cinnabar like... Cinnabar becomes more and more forgotten because everything is through Foss's perspective. So we see like everything from her view. So we also, as the viewer, forget about Cinnabar as the show goes on, or at least I did, because of the way the show is created. Yeah. Cinnabar became more and more, less and less of a concern. But like when you look back on it, she was easily the most powerful, powerfully written character in the entire show because she dealed with depression she dealed with anxiety she dealed with really human emotions that almost er like i feel like so many people can relate to and she dealt with like one of the biggest questions that i think everyone asks themselves at some point like why am i here what is my purpose in life and there's a bunch of really good characters and like i feel like we can't i don't think we're gonna get into all of them 
Because like they, the characters. It's really hard to get rounds. into each one because we'd have yeah. we'd be we'd be spending like five hours in this booth just going through like, each some one. Some of those these characters have like insane amount of plot points within the manga later on. I know there's like an essential character that hasn't been introduced yet into the okay, anime. Okay, let's let's. Uh, but like, that's what I'm saying. Not... Like there's like I can at least think in the main in the current season I can think of what. I can think of Diamond, right? Diamond's another really good character. A yeah. really good character. Someone who like wants to do. Someone, someone who's really ambitious and wants to protect everyone but can't. They want to help everyone but they can't. And they have this like weird relationship with their partner, which is bored. Yeah. Being a diamond. Okay, so like these gems are classified into hardness levels, which is there's ten of them, pretty much. Um, Foss has a hardness level of three and a half or something. And something that was really interesting, the first time that we met Cinnabar, one of the most amazing things is one of one of the things that makes Cinnabar really strong is like I think the mercury. That oozes out of the her mercury poison kind of, that yeah. like that she can control this yeah. is just obscene it's very powerful she has like a she has a, a hardness level of like obscenely low it's like one or two she has one of the she's lowest the weakest. She, yeah like, but she's, she's also in theory one of the most powerful yeah. so she's also really she's the smartest one out of every single one of them i mean honestly like cinnabar is arguably my personal favorite character because i re- i related her to her the most yeah. um i'm sorry not her it's yeah, we I keep related... making those mistakes, and I think it's the anime's fault for making them so feminine. Because when I'm reading Maybe. the when I'm reading the manga, I, I like the transitions. Whenever I'm reading, they they always refer to them as they, gender neutral pronouns, and like I I forget the gender that every single one of the characters are. But like in the anime, they're just so, they're just so feminine. They are, and I mean that's obviously intentional. And yeah, I'm I'm curious as to why that's the case, honestly. For the. It's, Why I mean, they can sell more? I don't. I I don't know if it's just to sell. I think there's something more into it. I feel like that's one hundred percent it. I, I think there's more, uh. But again, then again, like right, because a lot of people have different perspectives on Foss as a character. A lot of a lot of people see Foss as a young boy versus a young girl. First time I met Foss, she actually reminded me really heavily of Gone, because they had they had that same like intellectual curiosity. If you think about it, right. Which I thought was kind of cool. Like Gon is like the type of character who's like Gon from Hunter Hunter. By Hunter the way. Hunter, yes, <laughs> from Hunter <laughs> Hunter. Like, that was not like, clear. Who is this Gon person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Gon has that intellectual curiosity of like, oh, like his purpose was obviously finding his dad. But in the Chimera Ant arc, I remember it challenged his like perspective a lot of humanity. And I, I don't think he he was that introspective at the moment, but he definitely gains more of a realization. In that arc. I don't even know, dude. Because, dude, they killed... Okay, they killed his, like, mentor, whatever. They killed his father figure, yes. Yeah, that, that's huge. But I don't think he understands what he did because after that, Kilua didn't tell him. He just let Gon believe everything's okay, Gon, don't worry about it. And then Gon... I'm hoping... Right, but they went that... I think they went... That's because they went through different paths at the... Like, in the shows, right? The, show, the shows were, like, different. They were at least catered to different audiences. I don't know. Um, but I, the deal with Gon is we don't know what he thinks of the situation yet because the author Togashi hasn't gone back to Gon as a character, so we don't know like his thought process behind what happened during the Chimera and and like his actions and what kind of consequences they had, because the consequences themselves haven't been shown up within the manga. Okay, I don't read the I don't read the yeah. Hunter Hunter manga. Yeah, I, I mean like, but all I said is like the author hasn't gone back to Gon, which makes us right. Know. I'm just bringing up the point that I think their intel- their intellectual curiosity is very similar. And which I think, and I can see why people, for that reason, I can see why people think of Foss as a young boy. But in all honesty, like, I don't know. 
because young think... boys are always intellectually curious. No, it just no. She just reminds. It just reminded me of Gone a lot. Um, they're they're just they're just the same. They're childish. Mentally. They're childish. That's there we the, go. That's the I think that was the thing for me. And then it's really, it really is a coming of age story at the end of it all because she, oh my god, <laughs> Foss Foss, grows as a character so much in the span of ten episodes. I just that kind of growth is like unprecedented. I think in a lot of shows, the only show that I think has done that so well. Uh, in terms of growth and like character development, is Avatar: The Last Airbender. I am still of the opinion that Zuko is has the best character development in any show I've ever seen. But that's an argument for another time. I mean, you just said in any show you've ever seen. I've ever seen. Yeah. I guess yeah. So, so it's my opinion. Yeah, you added that amendment real uh, quick. That was really yeah. good. <laughs> it's, it's my opinion. I think Even, I think you're. I mean, he's it's he's he's amazing. Zuko's amazing. There's no no doubt about it. I don't know, and I, I think the fact that they pulled it off uh, with Foss was pretty incredible. And it really was, at the end of the day, a coming-of-age story, right? She she was constantly reborn into someone that she didn't know. Oh, my God. That Foss didn't know that Foss could become. <laughs> which is kind of nuts to think about. Okay, so we have, I mean, Diamond, I think Diamond currently, when I, when I rewatched it, and knowing what I know later, I think Diamond's probably my favorite character. Okay. Because there's like a bit of hate that I just feel from her for bored, which is really interesting. I think the people you care more most about, you find things to hate about them. That's, if that makes sense. That hurts. <laughs> it's true, right? Because like there's... With anyone, with all my close friends, there's always something, a little something that irritates... There's always something about them that irritates me. And that's just something that's there. I can't, like, I'm not going to change that. But I think that's just because they, I know them so well. And, like, we're th- we're just that close. What do you think Diamond hates about Bort? Besides that Bort's, like, completely Diamond has explo- I'm I'm pretty, in, towards the 10th episode, I think it's between 8 and 11. In that, in, in those three episodes, Diamond, expl- like, she's straight up sad. Um, she doesn't, like, I think it was... Either her stubbornness or, like, the fact that she, uh, Bort kind of always shields Diamond or protects her. And Bort never lets her become the individual she wants to. Yeah, that's true. That Diamond wants to become. Because she, Bort was always putting her down whenever she was trying to fight. Yeah. That was, was, that hurts. I think Diamond has probably the best feet when it comes to fighting anything. Because she was the one who took down the, um, the big dog, Big Duggle. Yeah. During episode ten, which is when Borch saw well, like Diamond fight, which ended up like leaving Diamond completely shattered, no no arms, no legs. But I mean, she she took it down. Well, she at least you know sliced it in half, and after that, it was pretty easy because then, because the, once it gets sliced once, it divides into two, but it's not as strong. And then after that, it was just like, just you know, pretty simple for the rest of the for the rest of the gems to take care of it up until adamantium came up. Yep, that is true. Yeah, and I think Diamond. Diamond's whole point. Oh, Diamond, Diamond's a really f- interesting character to me because Diamond, as an element, is a very resilient, hard element, right? It's, yeah, she's like the traditional Diamond that everyone. Actually, I think she's untraditional. I think she's when she broke her arms and legs, she kind of proved to us that while she is capable of doing something, she's not as resilient as the others, and I think it's very true in Bort's relationship with Diamond, where Diamond kind of sees that, or Bort kind of sees that she has to protect Diamond because Diamond just can't take it. 
and which is really funny because yeah, diamonds di- level ten. Diamond, diamond, yeah, diamond is the like the hardest element. I think when we were younger, like in elementary school, I was, I was some someone taught me diamond is the strongest like mineral you can find, right? Yeah, it's, it's that was one like of them something, for sure. Something that we were like, like drilled into to the to the pe- to the point that even unpolished Oda, diamond, but yes, like Oda from Material Oda considers like diamond within his universe the, the, the element of diamond or like whatever. The mineral diamond is is the is the strongest and hardest atom mineral. Yeah. Within our physics universe, it's not because there's something within it that is in comparison to something like board is not as resilient. And right, and I think that's really interesting, right? Yeah. Like it's she diamond comes off as the hardest element, but in reality, when you think about it, diamond has so many flaws too. She's like the brightest. She can't go out at night. She always has to be protected. She might be the hardest element, but when you think about it, she's also the weakest. Yeah, there's definite flaws because I forget. Like, her flaws outweigh her capabilities. And I think Bort kind of realizes that. And she's one of those characters that just kind of can see that for what it is. While a lot of other characters, or Diamond herself, can't really understand why Bort is doing what she's doing. Even though her flaws are just so high. She... Diamond has though like bigger issues than I think a lot of the other characters. Cinnabar is another like is like the opposite, right? She has a hardness level of one, but she's arguably strong, like as strong as Bort, if not stronger. She's also like smart. She's like, she's she's also insane. Like yeah, she's, yeah, she can she can probably take Bort. You think you think Cinnabar can take Bort? Cinnabar, yeah, I, I'm a Cinnabar stan. I think yeah. she's my favorite <laughs> character. Bort, I have so. something about Bort and the attitude that Bort has is just really obnoxious. It was really, it really hurt. Actually, yeah. I don't think it's obnoxious at all. I think it's so sweet, because if you think about it, right, Bort just cares about Diamond that deeply. She does, and I, 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 I took a soft spot on episode ten after she like beat the dog, because they both admitted that, I think it was Diamond, the first person that said it, that it's the moment that something that you love is slightly taken away from you or like put distance away from you, you realize how much you love, love them. Exactly. And then like, Bort I, there's agreed. a saying, there's like a saying that's like, you don't know how much you love someone until yeah, they're gone. Yeah, for sure. And super cute. I think with Bort, it Bort's and Diamond very too. true. Bort and Diamond. Oh my god, I'm so excited for Diamond. It makes. I mean, I I think I'm gonna try and re- read the the manga after this. Okay. Just cause I mean it comes out monthly, so I know for sure I don't remember it, and I think I might start purchasing too, just cause. Um, considering the dog, I think it was one of it was on that episode when Adamantian said hi to to the dog, and he was petting him. That like actually brought a tear to my eye because it was at that moment that the um the dog disappeared and then Foss thought oh the dog's just going back to the moon with the rest of the, the lunarians, and it was Adamantian that said no he um he, died. he found he he found, he found peace, peace. Yeah. and I was like that was that was so cute that was that that hit really hard for me because that is inti- that is attaining enlightenment yeah right you found peace and tranquility within yourself in order to achieve something greater than yourself. Yeah, that was really strong. And that's what happened with the dog. And with Adamantium, we found out, like I found out at least during that during that episode that Adamantium has the power to at least help kind of cleanse almost yeah, those, like the sins away. And that was really powerful seeing that because 
it was like they were attaining um, enlightenment. And I thought that it's was also, pretty It was also cool that it was like building up to that. The Lunarians always like had their hands extending to um, Adamantian. Yeah. And we didn't know why. But like, in this scene, it kind of tells us that the dog was with him. And when he was with him, he found peace. Although I don't think Adamantian did anything. I think the dog themselves just, the dog found natural peace. Yeah. Just by being no, it next d- to. It definitely guy. did. Adamantium definitely had an impact on it. We don't know what yet. We don't exactly know what Adamantium's powers are. But he definitely was. There was something he was, was able to do. Yeah, something strong with their relationship too, because not only that, that was a that was during this this time is when we started to re, we started to doubt adamantium through Foss's perspective. Yeah. Because it was adamantium that said, "Shiro, what happened to your hand?" And it was um, Foss was the only one that heard that. Oh, we thought Foss was the only one that heard that. Right. Because um, up until this point, we didn't understand the relationship between adamantium and the Lunarians. Yeah. And why they kept attacking. But through Foss and Foss overhearing that, she realized that there's a connection between those two, which ends up leading her into her adventure or like her decision at the end of episode 12 that you mentioned that she's going to try and speak and speak and have a conversation with the Lunarians, just like she had a conversation with the um, the other species from the ocean. I think that's going to be really good. I'm really excited for that because yeah, for her to like Lunarians, go to the moon. No, more than that. The Lunarians represent the soul and the mind, right? Oh, yeah. So... Now you're speaking to, like, it's almost like speaking to a part of yourself. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something that was really cool about really that is amazing. that when the dog was passing away, he lost his shape that we saw him, and he just went to a regular dog. Yeah, he became a regular dog, and then he yeah, just... Yeah, but when you think about it, in this universe, the oldest, one of the oldest um, yellow diamond, she's approximately 3,700 years. Yeah. So that means, in addition to the fact that gemstones had to evolve to the point from humans to be that, 3,700 years minimum has passed. So there's no dogs anymore. But yet the soul, well, the Lunarian soul of the dog, when he found peace, he reverted back to a dog that shouldn't exist in this universe at this time. Right. At least how we know it. Right. So like that that was my that was so actually one of my points of why I be- I believe that the Lunarians were a soul or like are a representation of the soul because in my eyes, I, be- I personally believe that most living beings have a soul, if not all, right? Yeah, and the soul can, in theory, if you if you believe in the cycle of reincarnation, the soul can never really die, right? Yeah. You're just moving the soul. You're transferring the soul from one thing to another. And I think it's really powerful and shown in Land of Lustrous with the dog, with Foss, with a lot of different characters. And I think that's really important to see. I know when I was younger, because, like, I come from a Catholic background. When I learned that dogs don't go to heaven, I was I was shattered. I was <laughs> completely shattered so i remember the first when i saw that episode i was like oh the dog gets to gets to find peace i like that yeah that's so nice it's really sweet it's a small sweet thing yeah that was that was really good it was thanks to that app you know what was really cool about this usually some like lesser shows would would make make a plot point of like adamantium and the lunarian and not being what he is important for foss Traditionally, I thought it was going to go down the route that Foss was going to try and convince all of her other, you know, gem mates that, hey, maybe Adamantium isn't the person that he says he is, or at least that he is hiding secrets. And she goes to Cinnabar and says that, or like, she doesn't even say it, but Cinnabar knows that she's thinking about that. And she says, yeah, we, we know. Cinnabar, like, straight up says that everyone except you knew that Adamantium is hiding something, but we won't accept it, that no matter what he's hiding, we will accept who he is and still love him, which was amazing because they just completely jumped over that whole tiny plot and decided to just 
well, the author decided to do something entirely different. Now, it's at that point that Foss has to realize, okay, so these people have decided that the secret isn't worth the love for adamantium. But I'm going to decide that I want to understand what the Lunarian connection is. Right. It's like following something blindly without knowing what it yeah, is. Yeah, which is which just says a lot about... That's like religion in general when you think about it, It right? is religion. A lot of religion... A lot of... I'm sorry if we're... <laughs> this is this is definitely entering a very philosophical concept. Okay, so like, but you said I, he represents the Buddha, right? And if they I don't know him, if he represents the Buddha, but I think someone, that's what he they were intending, especially with like the okay. way that he prays. Like if you, if you notice, right? Yeah. He prays with his arm, with both of his hands cupped. Um, he's holding beads and he's like counting each one while he's doing it. That's both in Hinduism and Buddhism. That's a very that you do that when when you're meditating. That's a very prominent way to meditate so in both those cultures. He's a spiritual figure. He's a spiritual figure, exactly. Um, and when you think about it, right, a lot of them are just like blindly following a spiritual figure, like a lot of religions I didn't even do. Think about that. And then Foss is one of those characters that are like, nah, I'm not gonna follow this religion because everyone else is doing it. I want to figure out why I think this is happening. Cinnabar also mentioned uh, Foss as Cinnabar. Hey, um, Cinnabar, is this? Um, she asked Cinnabar, do you do you think the same? And Cinnabar said, I haven't decided yet. That's why I say that Cinnabar is one of the only characters that could possibly change because she, Cinnabar, is still kind of in that state of I'm trying to still figure myself out. I'm still trying to impact everyone. Like, I'm still trying to figure out why I should be alive. And Foss definitely makes an impact on her. I remember when in the episode where she goes down and she gets her legs cut off by and the, the ice floats. Admirable. Dude, that was so creepy. Um, it wasn't the ice floats. It was before this. It oh. was, I think, episode four. Oh, she, when she gets, gets her swatted things, by the slug. Yeah, her arms, legs cut off. And then she washes up the shore. The first person that sees her is Cinnabar. Cinnabar drags her to a, to a cove. And then Cinnabar sits down. She's like, why did you do this? What? And then she turns and she tells her, like, I'm just like she. W- it was something along the lines of like trying to find the truth, and no wait. I think Foss said I was just trying to find um a place for you. Yeah, and I think like her face expression right after that, like oh my god, she was, she just, and I remember like the last scene in that episode was just Cinnabar like just I think it was either standing or sitting it was by the, the beach. Cold, right? it was yeah, she was just huddling there and she was. She was by you could see like alone. you could you could like you could visibly see the turmoil and the pain going on in her head or uh, and like it, it was outwardly displayed i thought it was beautiful you know it was really cool that there was uh, this one might be reaching but a couple of times when um foss is saying in the beginning because everything was about the inciting incident with cinnabar admitting that she just wants to be taken away by the lunarians foss kept saying i need to find a place for for um for cinnabar but sometimes the camera will pan out to the to the to the moon to represent that it's gonna like change to location. But the moon doesn't want to even take Cinnabar. Yeah, the moon doesn't want to take Cinnabar. But the, the, it was also the fact that the it was foreshadowing that, uh, maybe it was foreshadowing that Foss is gonna go to the moon. Like at the end of episode twelve, Foss is like, "I need to go meet the Lunarians." Yeah. So I'm... I was like, I didn't even think about that because like, the way that the directing made it seem that it was only talking about Cinnabar, but it was also talking about, it, it was foreshadowing going to the moon. Which is which pretty is, powerful. Which is really... I mean, like, and the rewatch, it's pretty nice. Oh, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, the rewatch is... 
I think it was. It, it does. It's a lot better than to rewatch in something like Madoka that we spoke about. I think. I. Th- I think. I think. That's because there's just so much philosophical content in it. Yeah. Like you can't. I feel like you can't get everything from the first time around. It took me like I spent like an hour looking up like stuff on Land of the Lost, and I was like, I could actually just write an entire like paper on how brilliant the show and is. And you would have a. I don't know if you would have an easier time than me, because like. Your background is definitely what's taking inspiration from Land of Lustrous. Yeah, yeah, a, a lot of my background just fits in a lot with the yeah. So like you can you can already you can your 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 gears are moving a lot faster than anything I would ever be able to think about. I got you. Um, something else when when I first watched the show and I like didn't know much about anything, I thought one of the biggest themes was like changing, regardless of the consequences. I didn't think about that actually. Yeah. To me, it was like always that reincarnation. Yeah, thing. because you had your background. For, for, but, for me, I was trying to think of it was like, um, I, if I had to pick a theme, what would it be? Yeah. That was like consequences. Interesting. I didn't really think of that. I actually find I also found it really interesting where in the opening. So I first of all, I love the opening. I listen to it every time I'm studying because it's so like soft That's and good. it's like delicate. My favorite scene but, in the opening is like. In the beginning, there's like the moment that Foss opens her eyes. Oh, when she's like, f- like she's like this, she's and, and then, then she opens, opens it. Them, yeah. and, I'm, and it's just every like everything changes in that song, and it's like I, I keep remembering that because it, it looks so powerful. But you you know what the lyrics say, right? Or like there, a there's, rough translation. There's four lines that I was looking into last night while listening to the song. Unironic, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, but these four lines struck me as not only extremely powerful, but they kind of embody what a lot of this show is about. And actually, this happens right as Foss opens her eyes, which is really cool, now that you mentioned that. Because um, I remember it was like, it starts with like a sort of buildup, and then right as she opens her eyes, it starts with this. So the lines in English are, I, I cannot speak Japanese, unfortunately. Yeah, there's going to be a rough translation. Um, but a rough translation is like, days melting as they came to forget. Where they had planned to go, these countless seeds become the vessel for the dewdrops in early morning, searching for the one thing that they think that they think they are missing. And what's really powerful about that is when you think about it, right? Days melting as they came to forget. You're living in an endless cycle of doing the same thing again and again and again. You're not they're not reaching a level like Foss is the only one. Foss opens her eyes when that when that sentence starts playing. So when that's when that sentence starts playing, Foss opens her eyes and I think it's really cool because in the opening it shows their first scene is her like uh she's holding her arms and she's following through a water-like substance and she her eyes are closed and then she opens them as soon as they say days melting as they came to forget. Meaning she kind of broke away from yeah. what I think all the other gems are going through and then where they had planned to go these countless seeds become the vessel for dewdrops in the early morning i don't honestly really know what that means that's I mean. it, it feels very powerful uh, <laughs> i mean let's not forget it it's also translation so we're probably like only getting what 70 percent. right yeah it's not super accurate i wouldn't i wouldn't be i wouldn't say this is super accurate but um i would imagine it would have to do something with the theseus paradox at least that's that was my interpretation and then the last line was I think the most powerful, searching for the one thing that they think they are missing. In the the entire concept of Land of the Lustrous is Foss chasing a reality that she or like she's chasing 
she's chasing the truth at the end of it. She's chasing tru- the truth, but she's also chasing death. Without and that, that's that, which is insane to think about, right? But when you think about it, every time Foss gets something new, she gets reborn. She's wondering why, she's wondering about the purpose of ex- her existence, right? When you think about it, death is like the ultimate, ultimate thing. They, um, they are the, immortal. Of, when you think about it, the, the gems are immortal. They're not. I they're they're not. Well, they're they, biologically they, immortal. Yes, but they can die. Yeah, when they um, get shattered into. And that's that's a really important thing to note because I think, Foss is trying to. I'm not trying to say she's trying to kill herself by any means, but I think it's more like she's trying to find out what death really is, and. That concept of reaching enlightenment or reaching like fulfillment within yourself and i think death is a big part of that and so when they say searching for the one thing that they think they are missing when you think about it right the gems are inherently immortal yeah the one thing they're missing purpose the one thing they're missing that all of them are missing is death in theory they could never die and i think that foss and cinnabar and characters like that are, are trying to chase that concept of death what do you think about the other, the um, what are, what are the ocean people called? The Ada, whatever. Yeah, they're they're a really complicated name. The like Admirabilis. Like they represent flesh. They represent they represent uh, represent flesh, and the reason I figured that one out was actually because uh, I remember as soon as the the ugly like slug thing went into the ocean, became a very beautiful woman. She even had she was like flaunting her um. Yeah. Her tatats. Okay. <laughs> she <Okay>. was. <laughs> Yeah, she was. And, but more importantly, she, she was very pretty. And I remember Foss's reaction was like, wow, you're beautiful. No, no, it um, wasn't that. She was, yeah, she was like, she, no, she's straight she was, up sad. She was surprised at how uh, the transformation, but like. She, the, she did say she was beautiful. But dude. she also, she also messed with her a bit. She's like, if only you couldn't, you wouldn't be so um like flushy or whatever. She, I mean, there was a bit of banter in there. But okay, like, yeah, sure. But, but it was definitely I, a moment where we, as the audience, also thought like, well, this looks. Because the the whatever back when she was just a regular tiny slug or whatever she mentioned that there's something in the ocean that looks just like you, yeah. And of course, like I think with the concept of flush, I think it's getting to the point where like everything is connected. That was my that was my interpretation. Because the flush has the um, entire the thing we have in that they can build off civilization. Yeah. With like repeated knowledge, it's something that they mentioned that they have the benefit of that. They have death. Flush carries knowledge. Oh, yeah. and when you think about it, right. Earlier in the podcast, we talked about you. You mentioned how my uh, we were talking about the number thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned how my grandparents probably taught my mom how, like, you can't use zero at the end. Yeah. Oh, that might that flesh, might that like might turn wisdom out. of the fl- I, 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 it's it's hard to describe. Flesh was taught the legend from their ancestors. Right. And but they don't know all the the entirety of it. Yeah. So their knowledge is in their flesh. Yeah. So. The admirabilis. I cannot say that word. I'm sorry. Like they're the um, s- I don't think they just represent flesh. I also think they represent knowledge. I think they okay. represent history as well. History, knowledge, and... I know she mentioned that her brother is very violent and aggressive. Yeah. So they have, like, these almost sin-like emotions. Right. They do. Which is, they, they're also the only ones that, like, reproduce just sexually. They sexually yeah. reproduce. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is a huge benefit to them. That's true. And, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You could also, like, think of it from a Christian point of view, right? Like, 
sins of the flesh, I guess. Now we're talking about sins. The one time that um, Adamantium mentioned sinners in the entire show was the second time that Foss had went through a transformation during her during the winter with Antarctic, which is like her pseudo best friend after she forgot Cinnabar, I guess. Uh, when she RP. lost her, when she RP lost RP. her um, her hands, she was talking to the minerals. Or she was talking to the ice floats, which are minerals from the bottom of the ocean. They have risen up, but have failed to become gemstones or whatever. We don't know the exact thing of them, but Antarctic site mentioned that when she asked Adamantium about it, Adamantium said, they're sinners, and you should feel bad for them, or something along those lines. Oh, I remember that, yeah. So it's really cool that it was at that moment that they... Because they they don't have an inherent thoughts, but they can always, they speak to Foss, and they speak to Foss's more negative emotions. At that moment, do, yeah. Foss felt powerless in that she might have gotten new legs, but she her, the rest of her body was still weak. So at a hardness of 3.5, and it was shattering. And Antarctic made a comment that if I, I wish that Foss's hands were as durable as her legs, which ended up making Foss think, maybe since it worked out for my legs, I can probably replace my arms. So it was interesting that at that moment, the ice floats and the sinners were saying, give us your hands. I can take them away from you. It worked out with your legs, so it's going to be okay. So because I'm also Foss, the first time I watched this, which I don't think it's a very strong connection, but the first time I watched this Foss, I always pronounce it as Faust, like the German legend Faust. Uh, Gautier wrote a play on Faust, and it was a doctor who made a deal with the devil. Yeah. So effectively, I saw that scene that... Um, Foss was making a pseudo deal with something that she didn't understand that was a sin and in in my interpretation I was like that a sin is very close to a demon because a demon represents vices so she um, she the reason she ended up losing her arms was just by accident she didn't actually like give it to them she just fell in the water and then when Antarctic pulled her out she didn't have any arms yeah so that was really we still don't know enough about the floats and I really wish we can go back to, to just learn more about them because I'm really interested in what adamantium meant by sinners because I, I still don't get it very much it wasn't really it wasn't really described or touched upon that much yeah it was um, the, they yelled they screamed throughout the inter- whenever they scraped against each other they the f- did they screamed to them and she could and Foss could hear it yeah and she was like oh, what, is, what, are they, what are they doing spooky it is spooky but that was the second time Foss went through transformation and she got the platinum and gold alloy. Yeah. And it only like required her losing Antarctic to get it. So it was it was a you know For sucked. everything she's gotten, there's been a loss involved. Yeah. In addition to like her memories being lost. It's it blows that one of the I think one of the most interesting info dumps was when she was in the ocean and she doesn't even remember the flesh. But it was the one time that she does remember the one word she remembered was humans. Yeah. And when she said that to Adamantium, she said Ningen, which you know, is humans. The rest of the gemstones probably thought they don't know what humans is, right? So they thought it was like, uh, like some random gibberish that she came up with. But it was Adamantium, the only one that actually knew what humans was, which is foreshadowing, saying that he knows what they are, to the point that he might have been alive when they were alive, and he might have been alive because the dog knew he who he was. Right. Exactly. And I think the dog. You mentioned it's the soul, so they're probably the souls of the humans and the souls of the um the life before. Yeah, that that great, was that was my theory too. Yeah, the and then the the sinners who were not reborn or not created could have been like 
the souls of the damned when you think about it. Yeah, which is um, weird because they live in Narians. Also, I guess I don't know if they live in Narians like the situation they're in, because they have the memories of the past. If they're chasing gems, there's a reason for that, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, like we see them as the antagonist, the Lunaran, the Lunar, Lunarians? yeah, Lunarians. Uh, we see them as the antagonist, but. In reality, they're not really... Like, all three of them are all connected in some way. Not one person is the antagonist or the protagonist. If you looked at if you look at it from an objective point of view. We're obviously looking at it through Foss's eyes. So, for the viewer, it's very obvious to say, yeah, the Lunarians suck. Uh, they should just not do anything. But obviously, they're doing something for a reason. If the souls are supposed to be the Lunarians... And the gem, what if the gems are gems their are way? The bones. Their way to not not just be like become human again, but maybe it's to attain um, or to to die. I don't know. There, 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 I think there's more to it than that, right? So, like, I just feel like not any of those three characters, even though when we saw the 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 ocean people, they mentioned their theory was that the Lunarians probably want to become human again, right? Exactly. And that like, was their theory, and the whole inter- they, it's super interesting to just remember that information is very limited to both them and everyone involved. So we don't know anything about the Lunarians. So we don't actually know what their intentions are, but as far right, as... Right, but like we, they've been portrayed consistently as the antagonist. I don't yeah. think they're bad at all. I think they're just lost. That's they're lost true. souls. Like, if you think about it, they're just lost souls. Yeah, that'd be... Just buying to come home. On that happy note... <laughs> That's a pretty happy note. Uh, I know that there's... I mean, we mostly spoke about Foss. And I feel like the... One of the saddest things about Foss was the whole... That she breaks a promise thing, which always haunts me. I hate when they break promises. And the fact that she forgot who Cinnabar was. And Cinnabar said, no, she made a promise. And the inciting incident isn't... Isn't an inciting incident anymore. Traditionally. And that it's not going to go back to it, at least not for Foss. Now the Foss has, like, different things that she wants to pursue. It's just really sad to me. <laughs> Man, it's so sad. I don't know. When you brought up Cinnabar, I was thinking, right? Like, in the first episode of the show, um, Foss goes to Cinnabar and says, I'm, you're never going to be able to, I'm going to find someone for you. Um, or something like that. She's like, I'll be there for you, if anything. And then... On the last episode, like, we barely even remember her. I'm wondering what they're going to do with Cinnabar in the future. Because she's, I don't know, like, her character just perfectly describes not just, like, mental health, but, like, depression and wanting to be loved. I keep going back to the to the, the idea that they're gems uh-huh. and that they can't change. But whenever I look at a, one of the characters for these gems, they very they look exceptionally complex. I mean, each of them have a lot of unique properties within them. Yeah, I think, I so think what you mean by the, like my perception of what you said by can't change was they will blindly and this this was said I think earlier, but they they will always just blindly follow a certain thing. Like, with Adamantium, they will blindly follow Adamantium because they love him. But Foss is the only one who kind of just broke out of that and was like, 
yeah, I'm not going to blindly follow you now. I'm going to try to figure things out myself. And I'm hoping right. that I'm hoping that for Cinnabar, it's the same thing, right? Because she's like, yeah, I don't know. And she's she's like questioning her sense of self and her mortality, which is in a way a very reflective thing of like depression, anxiety, of um, really negative emotions that she has to carry. And, and when you think about it, right, I feel like Cinnabar carries all the negative emotions of all the gems. <laughs> this is so sad, but like she does, she's the definition of just negativity. She's in she she also intentionally isolated herself for the fact that her she doesn't want to hurt anyone else. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful when you think about it. She's like nothing she does is out of hate or out of malice, but she's doing it out of necessity, and it's it's just it's just a really sad thing when you think about it. I I love Cinnabar. I think she's my favorite character, and I really want to see more of her. And I hope that we do. I like I like her red color. Okay. It's nice. Yeah. The green, the green and foss is also really pretty. All the colors are very reflective of the gemstones. Yeah. Um, they're all the I mean they're all their gemstones. That makes sense. <laughs> of course, it's a uh, I guess if you're into uh, gemstones, uh, we don't nothing. I used to gemstones. go to I used to go to gemstone expositions with my mom when I was younger till I was ten or eleven. And then you just decided not to. Or you just stopped like your. Oh, my mom stopped going, so I I. Would never go. Yeah, I mean you're ten. I mean that makes sense. But yeah, I used to be really into them, but I'm not as much anymore. Maybe we knew a bit of like gem. There's there's definitely something behind the gems that that like they represent something. I mean, yeah. From their character, we just don't know enough about that. Maybe someone in the Reddit can enlighten us. Who knows, man? I mean, yeah. I would like that. I would I would read it. I would upvote it. I like upvoting stuff. <laughs> that's that's what I do when I'm on Reddit. I think that's. I think that's about it. Yeah, about we it. we covered a lot of really really heavy topics. So thanks guys for listening. Uh, I know that we touched on some topics like religion and a lot of philosophical topics in this episode. And I, maybe it wasn't enough. Maybe it was. <laughs> um, it, we do know that it, it was a heavy episode, and we understand. We we don't mean to offend anyone. We don't mean to call anyone out. In this podcast, we're trying to be as open-minded as possible. I mean, I like I like reading and, a lot into it afterwards. It was. I mean, really, yeah, really that's really that's. Time. I think that's the fun part about any really philosophical anime, and I think Lana Lustrous kind of is just an exceptional one for that. It's a that. really good representation too. Oh yeah, um, it's. I mean, it's in my top three. For, I remember the day after I finished watching, I came to you and I was like, "This is one of the best anime I've ever watched." I think it was. Remember that? It was like eight episodes in. And then I like I came to you and I was like, this is literally one of the best anime I've ever yeah. I've ever in seen. Yeah, the eighth in my episode. Life. I think that was that was when she got her platinum and gold alloy. So you were like, all right, this is enough. It was like, okay, that was pretty quick, dude. I don't know. Just, I mean, it's good. I, I watched I liked it. I, just, it a lot. I just I binged I, it too. I empathized with it. I clicked with it. I was like, this is this is not just a representa- representation of like, this is a representation of my culture. This is a representation of like what I believe in and a big part of who I am, and I was able to see that in land. And it's good. Um, it's good seeing that. Yeah, it's, it's great. Well, most of the time, it's really good. But regardless, uh, I, we really hope you guys like this episode. We had a lot to say about it. Uh, very philosophical. We, we don't mean to offend anyone. To say about it. What if? What if we make? If there's like, if there's enough interest, what if you read the manga and we talk about what's in the manga? Yeah. Uh, if people in the Reddit at least you know kind of wanna. 
Okay, yeah. If you if you want me to read the I I have read a little bit. I haven't read that much. I've read panels here and there. I've read the wiki. I haven't. I I don't want to read the manga because I think Studio Orange yeah they did such a good job that I think I owe it to them to like stick with the anime. But if there is interest for me to read the manga uh, along with Francisco, I'd be more more than willing to do that. And maybe we could have another episode down the line of our thoughts, mainly focus more on a manga only Land of Lustrous yeah, episode. Yeah, because I feel like currently the anime is like twenty percent of the content. Oh yeah, we're not. We're not. We're like we're not I, even, we're not even in we're not even cl- I read the wiki and I was like wow we are so far behind we have <laughs> so much more to watch and or to like get caught up on but yeah no for sure uh definitely let us know in the subreddit if you guys are interested make a post uh I'll approve it don't worry about it uh if you have anything feel free to reach out to us uh email us with any questions we have email we can do that yeah hubanime63 at gmail dot com. That sounds accurate. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns. And, yeah, that that's it for this episode. Um, again, we talked about a lot of very heavy topics. And we don't mean to call anyone out, offend anyone. But these are, this was just our perspective. So take it as you will. And we really hope that you'll watch this, watch this anime. I we think did s- spoil a good amount, but I... Okay, I hope, well, I hope we did. that these... I hope that anyone who has an interest would at least watch it. I think, I think, I hope, we hope you appreciate it a lot more. But yeah, that's, that's it. Do you have anything else to add, talk about? Um, The anime does the source material justice. The comedy is elevated through the motions of Foss and Suri Orange. It's very, it's a very physical anime and there's a lot of slapstick humor that goes into it that cannot be represented well in the source material. Additionally, the voice actress for Foss is phenomenal. She's for the good. first three episodes that were very, very info-dub heavy, she carried it exceptionally well. It's what uh, I can appreciate on my second viewing. And besides that, I think, I think I'm good, man. 